Hey, Sea Road family, Jason here, back with another episode of the Sea Road Community Podcast. And I am talking about community, ironically, in this podcast with a friend of mine, Johanna Freer. Johanna, good to see you and talk to to you. Yeah, good to hear you. (laughs) That's awesome. What we're going to be doing in this podcast is really digging into that word community a little bit more. And Johanna's got a really fun perspective and experience over this last six, eight, 12 months that will be a catalytic for us to hear and experience because I think we're going to be able to identify with a lot of what she's sharing about uh, when she shares her story. So why don't we dive right in? Question number one, Johanna, when you hear the word community, what comes to your mind? Yeah, so it's a community it's an interesting thing. I kind of did a little bit of research on it and did a lot of thinking about it ahead of time. Um, and I think when I think of community, I think of, I think of people that are like-minded um, that kind of hold to the same values, working together for the same, towards the same goals. Um, and that can, within a society, right? I think there's communities within society um, and multiple communities. And um, yeah, and I think community is something that we probably struggled through with COVID. We were detached communities. um, And I think detached communities weren't very helpful during COVID. And so I just kind of thought through all of the ways that I felt detached during COVID and all the ways that that was detrimental to my mental and emotional health. Um, And then I just thought about the way that community has kind of started coming back together and people are kind of... um, yeah, kind of crawling out and and looking for more connections right now. Um, and what kind of values kind of community holds and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so I think like just to summarize your question, I think for me, community is um, hmm, maybe community is a soft landing after something like COVID. Um, where people just come in and they can be themselves and they can be real and they they can be authentic and um, really dig into the things that God might be teaching them um, and moving forward together, what that looks like, just as far as like accountability in a really kind of informal way and a natural way. Um, Yeah. I think that that kind of, yeah, that kind of sums up. I know there's a lot there, (laughs) but you'll pick out what you want to pick at to move on. (laughs) Absolutely. I love asking this question of people because it is such a multifaceted reality. Mm. You know, you ask you ask a teenager what community means to them, they're going to have a different perspective. You ask a senior citizen who's who's living alone at their home and it might mean something different to them, but there'll be a lot of similarities and crossovers as well. And you ask somebody who's moved across the world and you ask them what their definition of community is or what their thought is and i love what you said about shared values because sometimes we have these what i'll call unrealistic expectations Mm -hmm. of what community is or what community should be and when they're not met uh, like listen life is all about learning to live with unmet expectations now that sounds really depressing but (laughs) it's true it's true because Totally. You know, we have we have these, I call it the Hollywood complex. <clears throat> we have mm-hmm. these dreams and ideas in our mind that we hope are going to come to fruition exactly the way that we pictured it. Yeah. And sometimes, and a lot of times, 
most often, it doesn't go exactly the way we pictured it in our brains. Um, no, it's true. I had a friend of mine who is an architect technologist, right? And so his job is to design buildings. Now, it's interesting when you talk to him and the designs that he's put out there, all the multi-layers, whether that's hand-drawn, digitally drawn, whatever. He has yet to see a project be exactly the way that he envisioned it on paper or in digital form. Yeah, yeah. And that's his job, right, to, is yeah. to envision the future. And so I love, I love exploring this theme of community with people. So here's the next question, because for years, churches have really wrestled with how to create community how to create connection, and even discipleship through various vehicles like small groups. Mm -hmm. So why do you think it's been a challenge for some people to create meaningful connection through the medium of, of small groups? Yeah, that's a really big question for me. Um, I think that it's quite possible that we, as a church, um, we may have existed in a place where those kind of relationships were forced. And so even when we say create community, I think community comes naturally through the people that you rub shoulders with, through the people you spend time with. Um, not everybody at the cafe that I work at gets along necessarily, but I would still say that we're community. Um, and so I think the church has struggled partly because it feels almost like a forced thing sometimes. And the second thing is, is I don't know that people always feel comfortable enough to be themselves and it just feels maybe like something they have to do on their to-do list you know like rather than something they're excited to be engaged with because it's transformational and it's learning and it's and again I think it to me it all comes back down to values and and expectations and what purpose you have behind being part of a community um I don't know I think I think sometimes we have a drawn map just like you said with your architect friend sometimes we have this drawn architectural map and we have these expectations of what everybody needs to learn at the same time in the same pace and the and I think life in general just brings us stuff that are are learning um, you know mistakes is learning and if you can be authentic enough and admit when you've made a mistake and learn from it and instead of seeing it as a mistake see it as a, as a learning experience and be able to bring that out into a community um, whether that's small or big, and then share your learned experience with other people, that isn't just an individual thing. That becomes something that the whole entire community can learn from. And that's why it's lovely to have um, multi-generational communities. It's it's lovely to have uh, multicultural communities, people with different mindsets, um, all with the same values and and working towards the same goals. And I think, I think, that broad understanding that you aren't the only one with all the answers, or maybe you're the only one that thinks they have all the answers. Um, and just being settled enough in your faith and knowing that Jesus is kind of the bottom and top of all of it. Um, yeah. I think if we had a little bit more confidence in that um, community mm -hmm. and authentic relationships um, and not having to follow um an exact way of doing things. I mean, if you find something that works for you, use it. And if everybody agrees that that works for them, then use it. But I think when we limit the way that we can learn and God can work and we can share in community, um, when we limit that, which the church may have done a little bit of, um, 
when we kind of get out of that mindset of it being set in stone and have creative ways of being able to um, engage in community, I think there's, there's a lot more there to be learned, not just because I have ladies in my small group that learn differently than me. I have ladies in my small group that um, pull passages from the Bible differently than I do. And I love being quiet and watching their spirit commune with the living God and then having all of that come out in the small group and seeing God through their eyes in community is it it broadens my understanding of God then right and then we all and we all do learn differently and we all do think differently and so um I think if we had a little bit more allowance for the people that are maybe I don't know I I don't want to say less valued but I want to say less valued um the people that we may see as less than who aren't are usually greater than um and hearing their perspectives it, it it just gives us a broader understanding across cultural, across, um, yeah, just a broader understanding of who God is in general. And I think sometimes in church community, we want to portray something that um, that we're not or portray something better than. But it's so crazy to me in this last season that that it's actually through Christ's suffering that we come to know Christ more. It's actually through our own suffering that we come to know God more and we surrender pieces of ourselves. And so I think, yeah, part of, part of my, the structure that I think I've been given in the past and the freedom that I feel like I'm moving into now, not that structure isn't freedom because it can be loose structure can be freedom. Um, But I think if the church has so much structure that it forgets the heart, of the matter that's a that would be a problem that's a problem for me partly because of my personality but also partly because um i just think more not a whole bunch but more is probably better when it comes to ways that we view god um mm-hmm. yeah yeah no that's how that's helpful because i think you know the phrase that's been rattling around in my heart and mind for decades and i'm not that old but i'm old enough <laughs> to have decades that i can use is performance driven and i think so much of north american culture in general whether you're an american whether you're canadian whether even you're a part of uh, the mexican community uh, Mm -hmm. north american mindset and culture is performance driven we've got Mm -hmm. key result areas that that we are running after in our jobs and nine times out of ten they are productivity oriented um, and so I think that we've slipped into the, the, the ditch where community is also performance oriented. Mm, yeah, um, I would agree. You know, especially, especially with our emerging digital culture. I mean, Mr. Beast has the, the, the best YouTube channel, right? That yeah. all these yeah, generations yeah. are connecting with. And, and that's an expression of community. But when you really examine it, what is it? It's all about performance, mm-hmm. right? Doing yep. crazy things, playing hide and seek in an NFL stadium um, yes. with 12 other vloggers, right? Trying to see who's going to last and win $150,000. And, yeah. and I, don't, I don't know if it's a result of the reality TV surge or whatever, but in North American culture, I think we've really run after community as a performance art and, and we've yeah. missed something along the way. And I think that's actually slipped into um, discipleship and 
and small groups. Uh, it's become about a performance. Uh, I'll call it a checklist reality. Yeah. If I'm doing these things, I will get these outcomes that I desire. And yeah. that's not always the case. Well, and it's really a shame because you're you're really you're only catering then to a certain part of the population as well, right? Like, and I think when we look at the life of Christ, we don't see a performance based. In fact, we see a deep performance based when he was telling religious leaders off and um, going off to be by himself and trying not to become famous because he knew um, what was to come. And, and I, I, yeah, I would agree. And I do wonder sometimes if it's the corporate world getting mixed in with Christian culture a little bit, and it's good, like, it's still good to have goals and values and all that kind of stuff. But the driven measurement of, of the Christian life is what, Jason? What would you say the driven measurement of the Christian life should be? Not performance. That's a whole, that's a whole nother podcast that we could do. <laughs> um, but to summarize it, and, and we often um, say this flippantly in Christian circles, it's actually the great commandment mm. and the great commission. It's to love God and love people. And by doing that, it means going and making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that Jesus has taught us. But all of those words, right, I mean, we can read that, we can hear that through a performance lens and say, oh, wow, I have to go and do more. But it's all about our being because yeah. discipleship community is more caught than taught. Yeah. Right? Like it's not something that I can orchestrate. I think there are two, there are two train tracks, if I can call them that. There's proximity and affinity. Who's around me? Proximity and affinity, what we have in common. Your mm -hmm. strongest relationships will have both of those elements in play. You can have relational connection with one of them, but your strongest relationships will have both in play. And so I think it's just rethinking and reimagining the, the metric in general. Um, well, and it's interesting. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's interesting, right? Because your being always comes from your relationship with Jesus. And so your proximity with Jesus. And so if I'm close to Christ Jesus, my relationship with him is tight. If I'm continually aware of his presence in every community aspect, then my behavior and my doing will align with my being with him, right? And then it, it always outflow, it, it flows out from there. And so I would agree with you 100% that, that even your proximity in, in your, um, in your being in your in your spirit, are, are you fully aware of God's presence in every situation? And are you bringing? Well, not even are you bringing Jesus because he's already there, but are you always aware of that, that being right there? Because I think behavior always follows being like, you can't think yourself into doing well, you can, but then it's not lasting and it's not eternal and it's not fulfilling and it doesn't produce fruit of the spirit. Right. So, yeah, no, I agree. It, 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 it produces um, flake, fake plastic trees. Yeah. And there's no depth right. to it. Like there's right. no depth to your relationships then. And there's no depth to, um, yeah, the, the, the doing piece, like there's just no depth to it. It's all do, 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 and then do it perfect. And then it just, it becomes a cyclical mess really on um, performance. Yep. Right. Yeah, absolutely. 
So that's kind of where we've come from. That's the melting pot, so to speak, of the challenge that is associated with community. So let's drill down another layer with you in particular here, Johanna. What's what's your personal experience with groups right now in real time? What's going on in your world? Yeah, so um, recently, I don't, probably a few months ago, um, there's a group of ladies that I was just kind of feeling drawn to naturally um, that were, they were kind of around during a really tough time during COVID for me. Um, and it was very informal. Um, they would, we would chat, we would talk about things um, and we didn't necessarily meet um, um, as a group. We met individually and we just kind of got to know each other individually. And there was no thought in my mind that we would start meeting as a group or anything like that. But I just, found some very mature, beautiful um, people that just shared in my pain and shared in my joy kind of coming out of COVID. And then formally, we decided to start meeting um, and, and inviting scripture reading and, um, and how we were viewing God through scripture um, into a small group setting. And uh, so that's what we do. It's very, like, it's very simple. We meet for like an hour and a half, maybe an hour once a week. Um, and we see each other still outside of that space, um, but not like, I'm going to say exclusively, but you know what I mean? Not like, mm -hmm. um, and so it just, like my small group now is just kind of an extension of relationships that seem to be forming at deeper levels um, that were just kind of comfortable, but kind of still once in a while, somebody would still come out, even when we weren't meeting, they would come out with like a, I don't want to say slap in the face, but maybe a, I don't know, flick on the wrist once in a while, you know, like just kind of a, yeah, but what about this? Or what about that? And whenever those people had done those to me or, or said, said, like, ask me questions around what I would state so fervently, um, I just found more of a an affirmation within me that just kind of went, Oh yeah, you're right. What about that? Um, or, or I would be able to do it back and it was always received kind of in private. And so when we started meeting as a group, I'm finding the same thing in our group is that there's more of a, an acceptance to dig deeper and not to, and to understand the world through one another's eyes um, and to just push a little bit and to nudge a little bit and, and that long longevity of meeting regularly doesn't cause like a rigid, oh, you shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that or what about this? There's more of a genuine caring where people are like, but remember like when you said this and they only remind you of what you've said. It's nothing or, or you know, through scripture, what you've said, God is kind of showing you through scripture. And then there's a remembrance looking back to look forward into behavior and stuff. It's very... Um, I don't know. It's, it's a lovely combination of um, seeking God and hearing God and then reminding of God. You know what I mean? I wouldn't even call it. Um, I wouldn't even call it what was accountability. I would just remembering, like remembering, remember, like, this is what you said about this. And it's not, it's just remembering, you know? So yeah. So that small group has been um, lovely, lovely, lovely. And I've felt a lot of growth in that time we do like a little bit of spiritual direction at the very beginning, which is um, where my heart really is at right now. And I think we each enjoy the different parts um, and different giftings in that group. And 
each person is made so differently. And it's just lovely to hear and see the world through their eyes and understand God more through their eyes. And then being reminded of, of what I've said in the past, you know? That's great. That's great. I love what you're, you're saying there. I mean, it, it's a, it's a simple expression. It's like an overflow from uh, the investment in relationship and connection that has been made, but there's a purpose to it. And the purpose to it isn't just to get together and, you know, um, have tea. It's mm-hmm. to, it's to grow in Christ together mm-hmm. as you connect and iron sharpening iron, one person sharpening another, different viewpoints, questions, perspectives, and that's really cool. So here's my next question. So what are you learning about prioritizing that type of connection, that type of community? What's that been like? Yeah, I think for me, it's super important to have those relationships outside of uh, my workplace, have those relationships in that that time set apart um, for them for them and, and for myself. Um, I think for me, it, like after my family and after, well, even maybe before work, even though I don't know that you're the person I should be talking to about that, but even before work, um, they help me become whole, right? They help. Um, and so becoming whole is, is kind of one of my <laughs> pursuits in this lifetime. Um, and I mean, if they're helping me become whole, and helping me get closer to Jesus, then that is as important to me as doing my devotions every morning or spending time with God or being aware of his presence. I would say that is, it's, it's part of the core of who I am becoming um, and engaging in community. It's, it's interesting because I think the Bible was written to people in community. And if we read it individually, I don't know that we're getting the fullness of, of, of what God intended through his word. And so I think, for me, it's nice to read the Bible by myself and hear what God's saying to me. But then when we get together as a group, I love to hear what God's saying to other people. And the beautiful thing is, is God actually sometimes speaks the same way to a group of people. And then, you know, there's something coming. Then, you know, you can look forward and you can look forward to stuff. And I think if we're seeking out God as community, there's a fullness to him and affirmation and there's a healing that happens in affirmation and knowing that you hear from God and knowing who God is. Um, and I would say that would be of the utmost importance to any believer um, not to live their Christian life in isolation, um, but to definitely engage in community for gross reasons. And just, I really just feel like God delights in our time together. Like, I just feel like he just looks down and is like, oh, I love it when you guys meet. You know what I mean? And, oh, I love that so-and-so showed you this part of me that you couldn't see before. Um, I just think he loves watching us interact together and loves watching his word being read and his spirit just surrounding us. And yeah, like I just, it is, it is part of Christian living. Like, I don't know that you can get away with um, living as a believer without being in community. And I mean, I lived in isolation for a really long time and it seems to be in, in difficult situations, I go to isolation, but I literally, my desire for isolation has forced me into, to force, it almost forces me now to go, ooh, who can I call? Because isolation and COVID was horrible for a lot of people. 
And I mm-hmm. think if we prioritize community and we prioritize interactions with others, um, that place of isolation that we've known doesn't need to happen to the same extent again. And it's part of our healing, right? Like, anyways, yeah. Yeah, and I love some of the things that you said there. I mean, community is part of our healing. That That is super hard, I think, for people to digest. Mm. Because well, some of our listeners, some of our listeners have walked through, um, I'll call it deep, challenging waters, whether mm. that's, uh, whether that's abuse, whether that's um, being misunderstood, whether that's uh, what other layers of painful experience, judgment mm. could be one. Um, and so I find when we've been wounded, it is very difficult for us to want to recreate or reform or, dare I say, restore Mm. connection with people. Mm -hmm. So what advice or encouragement would you give to somebody who may be hesitant or reluctant to to step into community, to find community, to create community, whatever adjective you want to use there uh, because of their wounds or mm. because of fear of the unknown? Like, what would you say to that person? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me personally, um, expectations, again, like we'll circle back to expectations. I would say that there has been there has been things said in our group where I could have taken offense but because I know that person's heart um, and I know that I know that their intention for me is always good. I wouldn't have believed that maybe a year ago because um, I am suspicious and untrusting very, very quite easily. And I can slip back into that very quickly. Um, but I think a lot of the time when we've been wounded to come back out of that wounding and walk into wholeness, it's what is your greatest desire um moving forward because you will be wounded in every relationship that should almost be an expectation that you have um because wounding doesn't we're not promised perfection here on earth right so i would say that you will be wounded and that is okay because i don't know that the goal is to avoid pain or avoid woundedness or avoid um any of that painful stuff I would say that the goal is to become more like Christ who was completely whole. And when I watch Christ move through his life, um, he was one of, he was the most misunderstood and continues to be the most misunderstood person to ever walk the earth. And I think being able to identify with Christ in that way, and then him dying on the cross and taking the misunderstandings of mankind on and the pain and the hurt and the shame and all of that. I mean, it sounds good in theory, but when you start walking towards the cross and you recognize that you are going to be misunderstood in this place, the goal is not to avoid pain. The goal is to become whole. Becoming whole means dying to self. Dying to self means there's going to be a lot of pain. And I think if we don't interact as a community we never ever come up against um, difficulties. It's easy to live alone. It's easy to live as a hermit. It's easy to live, um, but to become whole, you can't. You can't just be alone, um, because honestly, because we hurt each other. <laughs> I think 
I think when we start identifying a little bit more with Jesus um, and being misunderstood and, and um, still being able to engage in community and love, like the way that Jesus loved in community, be, even when he was dying on the cross, um, is stunning. Like I, I, I wish we could do that. I wish I could do that fully. Like my, my heart would be always there, but I am not even close to there. And so I don't even remember what you asked me, <laughs> the question you asked me, but I think, um, yeah, I think anyone that's hurting, that's really struggling through forgiveness or struggling to re-engage, um, there is wholeness on the other side of your re-engagement, but know that it's, you're not going to avoid pain through it. Like there's going to be pain. I don't know that I don't, you can't. Yeah, I can't. I've tried. <laughs> you try to avoid pain for years. And um, I don't know that it's meant to be that way. I think pain probably brings us back to the cross really quick. And pain brings us back to having to resurrender things that we thought we had already known, you know? So, yeah, I would yeah, say I it's, I love that. It's, it's well worth it. Like it is well worth it. Um, as you t kind of, yeah, as we tiptoe towards, towards community, like coming out of the pandemic and we just kind of stick our heads out of, out of doors and start looking around. Um, I wouldn't have the expectation that it's not going to be difficult. Definitely not. And I wouldn't have the expectation that um, it's not going to be painful in some ways. But the other side of pain is is beauty and is wholeness. And so you can you can leave this earth a fragmented person, or you can live fully and freely in the light with Christ and be free from from that. I always I always say to people, and I don't even know if the visual works, but I always try to filter things that are said through through the cross. And and I literally picture the person, the cross in between me and the other person, or Christ in between me and the other person, and then me. And I'm always like, if I filter that through the lens of the cross, through Christ taking away the pain, taking away um, the shame or whatever, the guilt thrown at me, and then take it in and go, is there something true about this about me? Is there something true? Is there something real that I need to take a good hard look at and assess? Um, and just you know, I know that you and Bonnie always talk about always seeing the best in people. And I just go, I don't know that everybody's out to get everybody all the time. So if you can take it and filter it through the lens of the cross and receive things um, in a way that it might bite at first, but then when you take out the pain and you take out the stuff that Jesus really wanted to take on for us in the cross, and then you look at the reality of it, um, or kind of the facts of what was said to you. And you go, either this is true of myself or it's really not. And if it's not true, then disregard it. And if it is true, then God, like, how do you want me to change and become better, more like your son? Like, how did Jesus deal with this part of his life? You know, and I think seeing things through the filter of the cross or through the lens of the cross has just helped me um, kind of stabilize my emotions a little bit when, when I'm hurt or um, stabilize. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know how to explain that any clearer than, than that visual of having the other person Christ in the cross and then me receiving, but then the pain stays at the cross. Um, and then you receive the fact. And if the fact's true, then you receive it and you correct and you adjust. And if it's not true, then you disregard it as a lie. So, mm -hmm. but that's not easy in a moment. And so we have to have grace for one another in those moments. We have to be able to 
um, yeah, like sometimes it's just easier to react and then walk away, but I don't know that that's helpful for anyone. And it's definitely not helpful for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's lots of things that you said there and of your personal experience that could be really helpful for somebody that has been wounded or had a, a negative experience with community of some kind. And, and just to reiterate so that our listeners understand what we're talking about, we're not talking about attending a service. That can be an expression of community, but what yeah. we're talking about is actually uh, something that has some depth and some quantitative elements that go beyond uh, a consumption type reality. We're talking mm-hmm. about being in a relational networked fabric where there is mutual submission, whether there's mutual contribution and mutual investment into the process. Um, And so that is kind of what I think is a massive gap in the North American church. And I love that here at Sea Road, we're experimenting with what that looks like on a personal level, on a communal level, on a a big, large gathering level. And man, we are far from perfect, but we just want to encourage you. If you're resonating with something that has been said in this podcast to reach out and let's start forging these types of connections uh, with one another. And that's going to be through uh, some sort of experiment, maybe that is ongoing or something that is brand new. Both of those things are amazing and awesome. And so we really encourage you to, as Johanna said, look to the cross, submit yourself to Christ. And through that process of submission and partnership with Jesus, forge ahead into the unknown or the uncharted ter- uncharted territories, trusting that he's going he's gonna to have your back, even in those awkward, weird, confusing, and sometimes painful moments, which will be really cool. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of our podcast as we've dug a little bit deeper into the idea of community. And thank you to Johanna, our special guest, sharing her story and her thoughts and her perspectives on this wonderful topic. We hope that you would forge your way ahead in a community expression. And above all, we hope that you would know that God deeply loves you, deeply cares about you, and is pursuing this type of relationship, uninhibited connection, not filled with shame, not filled with doubt, not filled with regret or anything like that, because he's big enough to handle all of those things, but something that is going to be life-giving and life-restoring for you in all seasons of life. Be blessed, everyone. Thanks for taking the time to listen.